When I told people the title of my sermon today, Pathetic Spiritual Practice, they said, wait a minute, did you say prophetic spiritual practice? (laughs) No, I said, pathetic. You see, when my son was born, many people visited and often were full of advice. While much of the advice was kind and good-hearted, well-intentioned, there was one person who came to visit, an old professor of mine, who gave me a lesson I never forgot. Her story is one I have told over and over. I had long been done with college. She and I had become friends and colleagues over the years. During her visit, we walked around the house. I showed her the quilts, the baby clothes I had tie-dyed, the decor I had made for my baby. She held our son, rocking him and talking to him. And then she looked at my wife and I and said, I can tell by who you are and how you do everything else that you're going to be first-class moms. You will do motherhood with zeal and participate in parenting with enthusiasm. I know your cloth diapering and breastfeeding. You're the kind of moms who will make your own baby food. I just know it. You will go on all the field trips. You'll be involved in homework and all the clubs. You'll make big sacrifices to take him to classes and have a great education for him. You will move other things out of your life so that you can fully immerse yourselves in parenting. I nodded. That sounds about right. She leans over and says, I'm going to tell you something. You need to take care of yourselves. You need to go on dates. You need to walk or exercise. Aim for pathetic. Pathetic dates. Pathetic walks. Pathetic exercise. Have pathetic sex. At least then, you can say you're doing those things. If you aim for pathetic, you can at least say you're doing them at all. If all you have to achieve is pathetic, it makes approaching the things you do for yourself a lot easier. You might achieve more than pathetic. You might not. If your goal is pathetic, you will accomplish it. If you aim to do everything in your life in the same triumphant manner you're approaching parenting with, you might not do it at all. Aim for pathetic. I was stunned by this conversation. I couldn't believe the best I could hope for was pathetic. I didn't understand how many years parenting would be all-consuming. I didn't know that my family would have the many stresses that would come along in the next decade. Along the way, I started to figure out that my old professor was right. I needed to try to do things I wanted to do, but pathetically. Over the years, I tried to keep up various spiritual practices. I had tried walking, meditating, praying, writing, journaling, swimming, doing yoga, tai chi, jazzercise, quilting. I tried learning to knit. Some things lasted years, some months, some weeks. 
I would reminisce about why I wasn't doing it and why I felt like a failure. Why did I quit? Why did it stop? In all of these activities, I had aimed high. I had tried doing actions that took two or more hours at a time, multiple times a week. I often loathed myself for not keeping up with lap swimming or sewing. I missed yoga and quilting. Fiber arts are a huge love of mine. Why couldn't I keep doing them, I wondered. With parenting, working, and all the unexpected things in life, setting aside six to 10 hours a week was unreasonable to sustain. None of these practices took into account how to do them with illness, with stress, or if death happened. They were not flexible enough, not the way I set them up. I couldn't take them with me on the road. If I had to travel or work extra hours, they just vanished from my repertoire. This left me not just lacking the benefit of the spiritual practice, but left me feeling guilty and punishing myself with self-deprecating thoughts of failure. When I started seminary, one of the first lectures was about how to begin a spiritual practice by the Reverend Dr. Arvid Strabe. It was required that every seminarian have a spiritual practice. I contemplated my failed attempts and realized I could only attain this with the additional stress and activity of seminary if I did it pathetically. Pathetic effort would be my goal, short intervals with repetition. Now I've asked some of you if you have a spiritual practice and I've noticed there's a wide variety of answers I've gotten. I'm gonna define spiritual practice for you as an activity where you can have your mind wander, where repetition of sound or movement, prayer or meditation can allow your mind to drift. The easiest way to think of this is that the activity is such that it can be done without con concentration. Then the spiritual practice is one that can be done repeatedly multiple times a week in order to truly benefit. If you haven't experienced this, think of when you have driven somewhere and don't recall how you got there. You've had your first taste of spiritual practice if that ever happened to you. If an idea came to you when you washed dishes, you have an opportunity to practice that at the Shalom home. If you ever weeded a garden or took a walk on a familiar path, if your mind worked out something while you did those things that you had been concerned about, you experienced the benefit of spiritual practice. Frequently, parents tell me they get their best ideas when they have a moment alone in the bathroom. That's assuming you have a lock on the door, right? If your mind has wandered in the shower, you whet your appetite for spiritual practice. Now how do you go from this being happenstance to a practice you can benefit from? First, you need to pick something or a few things you can do anywhere. If you feel like jotting things down, I included a worksheet for you in your orders of service. 
Meditation and prayer need no tools or supplies and are completely portable. There are even apps available for your phone to help you do spiritual practice, meditation. There are thousands of books at the library. Writing in a journal upon waking or bedtime is a simple spiritual practice. One of my friends purposely writes each evening, changing her handwriting style to change her mind. Often, to make it a practice, you would commit to one page or three pages, whatever's right for you. You write whether you know what to say or not. You just commit to writing. Maybe you want to walk or do some form of exercise. Ideally, you want something that doesn't require you to think too hard. I have noticed I cannot walk on rocky paths where I have to concentrate on my steps or I don't have the benefit of my mind emptying and the repetition of my feet moving to lull me into meditation. When I walk along beaches, I find myself returning to the same paths I know. This way my thoughts can drift and the repetition of the lake lapping on the shore will melt the noise from my seminary assignments in my head away. Remember, you want a pathetic goal when you start. I gave you that worksheet. Think about what you want to try doing as a spiritual practice. Be judicious. Go easy on yourself. Keep it simple. How many times a week will you do it? Jot down ideas as I speak if you want. Frequency is far more important than duration. For it to be a practice rather than something you occasionally do once in a while, it has to be done consistently. Begin with a modest goal you know you can achieve. For example, rather than telling yourself you will meditate twice a day for 30 minutes at a time, you get realistic. Pathetic. It takes at least six to eight weeks for a new habit to really be established. Try 10 minutes a day, five times a week. Write that on your worksheet. You can always go longer. It really helps to have support, such as teachers, coaches, spiritual friends, or a spiritual director to whom you can be accountable for what you said you would do. You could pair up with your accountability buddies that I asked you to find for yourselves in January for our faith-forming faith activities. If you were at the January Faith Formation Death of Sunday School service I gave, you may remember those worksheets. Developing a spiritual practice was on those goals as something you may pursue as another way to deepen your faith. Sometimes I only walk for 10 minutes. 10 minutes, I see the lake, I say hi to the trees, I move on. When I started my spiritual practice, I realized that the more I did this, the more I grasped. It felt good. I would try it again. Ideas would come. I would feel refreshed. I started to realize the gift of pathetic spiritual practice. <clears throat> Occasionally, I would spend longer. Yet regardless of the length of time, I would feel the magic of meditation. I would rest and be refreshed in the waves lapping over my feet. 
All this in 10 minutes. If you have been interested in a deeper, richer life, this is the next stage of development. Meditation of all sorts has been shown in many studies to be the practice standard of excellence for the deepest, most effective way to achieve personal transformation. New brain imaging technology is showing that the practice of meditation, if done frequently, can remodel our brains actually change how the synapses flow. Practice regularly over time, this creates a calmer, kinder, less reactive human being and generates a sense of thriving and well-being less impacted by stress. Trying a meditation practice in any form could be the foundation of your spiritual practice. I'm going to name a big list. Consider some of these meditative practices. Jot the ones down on your worksheet you think you could commit to for the next month. Ideally, something you would do at least five times a week. Writing and journaling. Art. Dance. Music. Strength training. Weightlifting. Meditation. Prayer. Mindful yoga. Sacred song and chanting. Sacred dance, a mantra practice, a practice of gratitude, knitting or crocheting, embroidery, wood carving or sculpting, drawing, painting, yoga, Pilates, cardio training, balanced diet with conscious eating, chopping vegetables, sweeping, raking, thank God shoveling's done. <laughs> tai Chi, martial arts, sports, and dance. Now that you've jotted down one or two practices, note for yourself how long you think you could do it. Five minutes each morning? Sometimes it helps if you hook your spiritual practice to another activity like eating, shutting off your alarm clock, putting on your pajamas. Remember, aim for pathetic. When you do your spiritual practice, mark the date, time, and duration on your sheet. Keep it somewhere you see and try to make it a habit. Many of you have been in meetings with me and see me drawing. Often the drawings are very quick. I might draw for only 10 minutes. What can happen in just 10 minutes? Often I am really surprised. Likewise, I have learned that I hear and process information much better when I'm moving my hands with a marker across the paper. I walk in nature, I take pictures when I walk, and I later draw what I photograph. I often stop to meditate while I am in nature. I also have a gratitude practice and a prayer ritual each night with my son. When the weather is bitter cold, I might only get outside for a few minutes. I snap a few photos and I go back to my drawings. This keeps me practicing regardless of the weather. It is important to remember that you can't really be spiritual all by yourself. We crave community. American ideals of accomplishing everything alone is the antithesis of what our spirit craves and sets us up for failure. Human beings are social creatures. 
to develop and deepen our human capabilities and potentials, connecting with one another is imperative. Trying to be spiritual alone skips the checks and balances that practicing in community can bring. Do you swim in a class? Do you see friends at the yoga studio? Do they miss you when you're absent? Could you share your spiritual practice checklist with a friend once a week? Could you put pictures from your walks on social media just to help you keep practicing? It is also difficult to sustain a practice without support. You could consider joining a chalice circle, a covenant group, a spiritual reading group, meditation, Buddhist chanting groups, singing activities, and more to check on your spiritual practice. This community is where we expect one another to help us keep up the practice, use one another, talk about that at coffee hour. As the Vietnamese Zen master Thich Nhat Hanh said, a lone practitioner is an ex-practitioner. Often creating an altar helps remind you of your spiritual practice. This does not have to be elaborate. Remember our goal is pathetic spiritual practice. I attach cards and quotes to the inside of my medicine cabinet. I put special mementos I pick up at worship services at seminary above my computer to remind me of my community. You could take a sentimental dish and recycle slips of blank paper to write on and place intentions each morning. Children can help decorate stones representing each of the seven principles. Families can put a jar on the kitchen table and write something you are thankful for at dinner. Read them, on all, read them all on New Year's Eve or solstice. Google home altar and the internet will return millions of ideas. This is where Pinterest can be your friend. Authors Murphy and Leonard write in the book, The Life We Are Given. When wisely pursued, such practices bestow countless blessings. If we do not obsess about the results, they make us, us, vehicles of grace and reveal unexpected treasures. In this, they often seem paradoxical. They require time, for example, but frequently make more time available to us. They can slow time down and open us to the timeless moment from which we have arisen. They require sacrifice, but they restore us. While demanding relinquishment of established patterns, they open us up to new love, new joy, beauty, and strength. They require effort, but they become effortless. Demanding commitment, they eventually proceed like second nature. They need a persistent will, but after a while, flow unimpeded. Where they are hard to start, they eventually cannot be stopped. Where they are hard to start, they eventually cannot be stopped. I urge you to begin your spiritual practice or recommit to one, today even. 
Remember the advice of my old professor, aim for pathetic. Spiritual enlightenment comes to us when we are in action, even for just five minutes. Aim for, aim for pathetic. The re results will be, I promise you, anything but. <laughs>